Live or love the Western lifestyle, then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments, bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs pages on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube, where you will find bonus material from our guests. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great spot to record our show. Our guest today is Teresa Moen. Teresa is the Director of Operations, Volunteerism, and Guest Experience at Hill Country Daily Bread Ministries. She is a Jesus lover whose dogs would introduce her as consistent, loving, and fun. Welcome, Teresa. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I know you are just a dog fanatic Mm -hmm. um, and have dogs um, right now, of course, but you started out with dogs when you were really young. What was your first dog? I was about a first grader, Uh and I kept bringing home everything that I could until my father finally surrendered and got me a little chihuahua. Um, So that was my first dog. So I've had dogs ever since then. Yeah. So what made you such a dog lover? Uh, My grandmother actually was a dog lover. I thought about this um, the other night, and she loved German Shepherds. Uh And uh, over the years, she just named them all King. And so we never got their names wrong, but when one would pass away, she would get another German Shepherd, and its name was King. So my grandmother loved dogs, and my mom loved dogs. Oh, that's so cool. So um, what other kinds of dogs did you have growing up? Um, that was the only Chihuahua I've ever had, but my sister has three of them, so that stayed in the family. Uh-huh. Um, but I have had way more Dachshunds uh, than anything. So, and uh, Maltese, that's my husband's breed of choice. So we've had three Maltese. Uh-huh. And then right now I also have a Black Lab. Yeah. Well, um, you've had all kinds of Dachshunds, haven't have. you? And you've told me about types of dachshunds I didn't know existed. So go down the list of types. Let's see. I have had a standard dachshund, which is about 25 pounds, so much bigger. That's the original breed. And about how long do they end up being? Oh, they're pretty long. I don't know what this is. I'm not a good measurer. but um, Wow, that's way over two feet. Yeah, Yeah, so obviously prone to back problems. Um, So I've uh, had a standard dachshund, long-haired, short-haired. I've had miniature dachshunds. Um, All of my dachshunds have been red. 
I don't know why. I've never had a black one, and I've never had a piebald dachshund. But um, what is that kind of dachshund? So it is kind of white with brown eye. It kind of almost looks like a beagleish dachshund, but it's long. Oh. I saw one in town the other day downtown. Really? Yep, I saw one at Market Days. Oh, and that's fun. Anyway, but um, I haven't had a wired hair either. But uh-huh. I've had long hairs, which are my favorite, I think. Mm-hmm. As far as look-wise. Oh, as far. I was going to say, do they have a different personality? But no. it's just the looks. You told me that you also have known dachshunds that have blue eyes. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know dachshunds had blue eyes. It's true. And I'm sure it's breeding. Um, but my current dachshund, Charlie, who's about 14 pounds, he's a in-between, medium and large. Um, he, uh, he has one blue full eye. Uh-huh. And his second eye is half blue. And I'm guessing that he's been bred with a double dapple. A um, double a, dapple. Yeah, a dapple dog of some sort. Which you've seen them, they have that marble look to oh, them. Oh, okay. That's okay. a dachshund that's called a dapple. Okay. Golly, there's a bunch there of variations. Is. And I'm sure I haven't done justice. There's probably more. Yeah. Well, if, if our listeners will check out your show when it ends up on sure. YouTube, I'll see if I can track down pictures of oh, all those different kinds of dachshunds. That's really amazing. It is amazing. It's so much fun to do this show and hear about all the kinds of dogs I never knew existed. Yeah. I yeah. meet new dog breeds all the time. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got involved in rescue for dachshunds, didn't you? How did that happen? Yeah, my husband and I were married and um, didn't have children yet, and I love dogs. And again, if we don't have an intentional plan for me, I just bring home whatever shows up on the street. So um, he said, well, let's let's do rescue. So in Minnesota, which is where I lived the last 20 years, um, I did uh, rescue for a, co- a place called Midwest Dachshund Rescue. Uh-huh. And uh, so I would do home studies uh, for people that were interested, and then I fostered, too. A lot of dogs. Uh-huh. A lot of so- dogs. First of all, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. How did the rescue find the dogs to bring into into the rescue and into foster? Sure. Yeah, most of them were found by people surrendering them. Um, okay. Very few of their, some were court or, or taken from courting situations, but typically it was owners surrendering for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, that they couldn't take care of the dog anymore, someone passed away, or maybe it was a behavioral problem. Uh-huh. They didn't know how to handle the dachshund um, that was having the behavioral problem, so they weren't uh, willing, nor did they have the resources to commit to it. So yeah. instead of putting the dog down, they tried to find someone else to help it. Well, that's reassuring. What kind of behavioral problems did mm. you see? Yeah, we had um, a lot of aggression. Probably the most common thing is dachshunds are kind of tiny, typically, and they get around little kids, ah. and then they kind of get a negative experience because little kids don't always know how to handle small dogs, and so then they, they can get aggressive because of that. Um, the other reason is breeding. Mm-hmm. Right? We had one, um, trying to think of his name right now, we had one dachshund that we took care of that actually perfectly fine in the household. And one day the little boy went to say goodbye to the dog. Buddy was his name. A beautiful dog. Probably one of the most beautiful dachshunds I've ever seen. And when he rent, reached down to pet the dog goodbye, he bit him in the stomach and he got 14 stitches. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it wasn't a, a small bite of sorts. No. So yeah. he did a lot. Of, we did a lot of therapy with him um, to try to help him to trust and to calm down. And uh, we ended up having to give him to a trainer specifically because his, his case was pretty severe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's good that it didn't happen quite in those extreme yes. me- measures that very often. So when you foster a dog, mm-hmm. about how long do you commit for? Yeah, it really depends. Of course, if you get a puppy, I've fostered about seven dogs during COVID. 
Uh, when I say I, I mean my husband. He was working remotely, but the puppies go fast. Mm-hmm. Usually puppies go fast. If we had a pu- puppy for, for three weeks, it would be amazing. Okay. Um, older dogs take a little longer, and then if they have a behavioral problem or um, some dogs aren't friendly right away to people when they meet them, mm-hmm. and so then they're less, they kind of get looked over a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, we got, we adopted one of our dogs through a rescue for Border Collies, yeah. and they came and they actually did a home assessment. And at the beginning, I was a little bit like, why are you wasting our time? Of course, we'd be a great family for him. What are you talking about? Exactly. And so I was trying not to be offended, obviously, but... Um, what's the purpose of a home study? Yeah, I think that people are super excited and want to rescue a dog and make a difference, and they might not think about some of the things that are critical. Super simple. You have a senior dog. Uh, they mm-hmm. probably can't do a lot of steps. If you have you know, a loft area that's their common area, um, what if it's a bigger dog? He might need a fenced yard. Mm-hmm. You know, most, most rescues we recommend a fenced yard just because that first couple of weeks, they're kind of prone to run because they're scared. There's mm-hmm. a lot of change for them. I hadn't um, thought about that aspect of it. Yeah, and then um, other things, how do they get along with another pet? Um, probably my, again, I'm going to tell you probably my worst-case scenarios. When I was do, I did home studies for the Dachshund Rescue, and we had a um, home we went to, beautiful on paper. Um, family loved Dachshunds, and we got there, and it was a hoarding home. Oh, wow. And so there was feces on the ground and stuff everywhere, and it wasn't a safe place. That's not the norm. Normally, it's just um, helping the homeowner think about the requirements that might be needed for the particular dog they're interested in. Uh And sometimes people want a dog that maybe doesn't fit their lifestyle. You and I talked about Border Collies as a perfect example. Uh You know, they're not um, hanging around chilling with you in the house. They can but they want a job. And so if I give them to somebody who's in their 60s or 70s that's looking for a lap dog, they're probably not a good fit. Right. That's not always the case. Sometimes there's different, you know, dogs that are, behave a little bit differently or been raised differently. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as an evaluator, mm-hmm. do you have specific questions that you're looking for? Would you yeah. show up with like a, a yes. pad of paper and yep. uh, you're taking notes? Uh-huh. Yeah, because again, you're also wanting to make sure a dog isn't going to spend its entire day and night in a kennel. Ah. You know, um, and that people understand a lot of people think crates or kennels are negative. They don't have to be. Uh-huh. Um, and most dogs, especially rescue dogs, find it to be their safe haven. Mm-hmm. Right When they're nervous or scared, they go in there and it's their little home. Yeah. So making sure people understand those boundaries of when is a kennel a good thing and when is it bad and how many hours are they spending in it, yeah. um, just to make sure it's a good quality of life for the dog. But yeah, we had a checklist, so we would mm-hmm. go through it and evaluate it. Um, it was hard. Yeah, you know? it was interesting because um, when when we were looking to adopt Bullet, um, he was at a foster home, and we were also interviewed by the foster couple. And um, she told us later that one of the people that she interviewed asked if the dog shed. She said, I automatically marked them off the list. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, it does need to be a good match. Yeah, it does. You need to have sure. the right expectations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Teresa, before we talk about your current dog, mm-hmm. Emmy Lou. Um, Let's take a little bit of break. I'd love to tell you and our listeners about our sponsor today, which is Wheeler's Western Outfitters. Wheeler's has an amazing selection for anyone who ranches, owns dogs, cattle, horses, participates in 4-H, or just enjoys feeding the deer. Find a full line of hats, boots, clothing for men, women, and kids. 
beautiful jewelry, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. They have great products and advice, plus they greet you with a smile and a helpful attitude. Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10 in Bernie, or wheelersoutfitters.com. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, godandourdogs.com, with bonus material inspired by show guests on the Want a Treat page. Check out the show website for regular updates, resources, and thoughts to ponder. That's godandourdogs.com for a lot of treats. Discover a new perspective, God and our dogs. This is Stan Leach, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Joining us today is Teresa Moen. Teresa is the Director of Operations, Volunteerism, and Guest Experience at Hill Country Daily Bread Ministries. Before the break, Teresa told us about her childhood dogs and experiences working with a dachshund rescue. Teresa, you brought um, some memorable rescues into your family and especially your current dog, Emmy Lou. Tell us about her. Um, yeah, so I have, when I moved here, which is four years ago, yeah, four years ago to Texas, um, I didn't work right away. And so I was looking for a little bit of something to fill my time. And of course, animals went right to the top of my list. And so I volunteered at a rescue um, to help um, take care of the facilities and help dogs find homes. And uh, I saw a lot of dogs come, but Emmy Lou came into the rescue. Um, and I noticed her from afar that she was a little bit different. Something was going on with one of her eyes. She was a black lab and about a year and a half maybe then. And um, she was very scared, very timid. Um, and they put her in a big kennel with one of those little igloo things. And she went inside and she would not come out. Oh, wow. So it was uh, my daughter's birthday, who she's 18 now, um, and she wanted to be able to pick our next do- our next dog for foster because we fostered seven during COVID, and um, we've always fostered littler dogs. But she said, "Let's do big, mom," and I said, "Okay, let's do a big dog. We have a fenced yard," and so she saw Emmy Lou right away, and her name was Tasha at the rescue. But we already had a dog named Tasha in the past that was a four-pound Maltese, so we couldn't do Tasha. And uh, so we, uh, we picked Emmy Lou. She picked her out and said, Mom, I really want this dog. Well, it probably took her 40 minutes to get her to come out of that igloo, even with wow. treats. Yes. She was wow, so even intimidated. food. Yeah, not food did food not. Motivated. No, she's not food motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she is a little bit. But anyway, um, so she, uh, we picked Emmy Lou and took her home. Again, we're going to foster her. We're not adopting her. We're just fostering her. And uh, we, when we foster, and you don't have to do this, but we always pay the medical expenses for the dog that we foster as a benefit to kind of give back to the rescue. Um, and then we know everything that's going on with the dog because you do get to meet the dog's owners. And you have pretty, at least at the rescue I was at, a lot of power over whether that dog goes with that owner. Uh-huh. And so anyway, so we picked her, and uh, right away I took her down to um, an eye specialist for dogs in San Antonio and found out that she was blind in her one eye and was almost completely blind in the second eye and that she had a retina disease that was hereditary in labs. Oh, wow. And so she was never going to be able to see, and it was only going to get progressively worse. 
And some of the, I think, timid behavior was because she was in pain. So she had glaucoma from the blindness uh-huh. um, and probably kind of migraine headaches uh-huh. a lot. And, of course, everywhere she went that was new, she had no idea how to get around. And the rescue has tons of dogs, and she was intimidated and, and everything. So um, the recommendation was that she have her eyes removed. That's pretty shocking. It was. And I'll be honest with you, I cried when they told me, when the doctor came out to tell me, because um, I was, we were prepared to put money in to save at least one of her eyes for her. And when they said remove them both, I was like, that's horrific. I'm not doing that. Um, and then the doctor, I really prayed about it a lot because I wanted to do what was best for her, not me, and for her future. How was she going to get adopted when currently her eye medicine was $400 a month to put drops in just to not have headaches um, and migraines or um surgery, which was quoted at $6,000 to remove her eyes. And who wants a dog without eyes? I mean, that to me seemed not like a good idea. So I told my husband, I've made the appointment, but I'm not doing it. And so the doctor said to me, when her second eye starts to get worse, you'll notice because she'll start to close it like you do when you're squinting. Uh And he said, then I want you to think about it. So two or three days before the scheduled surgery, and I'm still not doing it. And I noticed, I looked over at my husband, I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking her to do it. I just can't, can't do it. And uh, all of a sudden, she started squinting that eye. And I went, oh, no. It is getting worse, just what he said, the professional. <laughs> and yeah. so we made the decision to get her eyes taken out. We did use a local vet that was cheaper. Um, and I remember the day I dropped her off, I cried when I dropped her off. And when I picked her up, I really cried because it was not a pretty sight. I'm sure. So anyway, but she, uh, she had one kind of... You know, whimpered a little bit that first night. I slept on the floor with her. Um, and about three weeks later, she was a transformed dog. I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, she was a puppy still technically, but she started to play. Um, her whole personality changed. So she must have been in more pain. I was going to say the pain really must have yeah. affected her in ways you couldn't know. No, for sure. So anyway, but she is um, probably the most happy most appreciative, friendly, loving dog I've ever met. She loves everyone. She tolerates puppies, which is hard. Yeah. Uh, they climb on her, chew her ears, chew her back legs. She, you know, tolerates all of that. She's just an overall sweet, sweet, sweet dog. So how do you, inc- I'm, I'm jumping um, to conclusions here. Yes. You, you did keep Emmy Lou. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we um, were a foster fail. Yeah. We, we couldn't give her up. We fell in love with her. We invested a ton of time yeah. in her, and we even found a family in the state of Washington. Uh, actually, a gentleman that wanted to adopt her, and my husband, who is an animal lover, but not to the level that I am, said to me, "She is not going." And I said, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, no, she's not going. You're not taking my dog." Oh, isn't <laughs> that she, special? Yeah. So anyway, so she became a Moen. So yeah. she stayed with us. So what do you do? to help a dog that has had its uh, both eyes removed mm-hmm. to learn not only how to blend in with your family mm-hmm. but how how to exist yeah how to sure. live <laughs> i must say i'm not a dog expert um but that's the part about adopting a dog or fostering or no matter where you get your dog you have to be willing to research and put in the time to figure out what works best for your dog. So I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Most dogs that are blind are older dogs. She was a puppy. Uh, the doctor assured me that she would be able to catch on to changes because she was so young and that it would be one surgery, not difficult. But um, we did all kinds of things with her that I read about that we tried. Um, I took her on her leash. She has a harness leash. And uh, I walked her around the perimeter of the house 
tap on things. We tap on stuff a lot um, and show her where things are. And, you know, labs are smart dogs uh-huh. anyway. And she just memorized. Wow. If I took her off her leash now, she walks in the morning, she walks in the evening. If I take the same path, she walks off the leash and she knows the way. Mm-hmm. I, she doesn't need me to do that. But um, I had to build trust with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she needed to depend on me when she was in an unsafe or unknown place to help her to know where to go. Yeah. What kind of commands did you teach her, Teresa? So she knows verbal commands, which is really crazy. So no surprise. Um, I always say it's the way God wires us. If he gives us a weakness, I feel like he always gives us a double strength. Mm-hmm. And so for her, her hearing and her smell are off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, she will sense a dog behind a fence in my neighborhood before my two-sighted dogs will ever have a clue. Um, Interesting. She knows up. So if we're going uh, up somewhere and she needs to go up, she knows up, down, left, right. And the most important one, stop. If mm-hmm. I scream stop, she freezes because she's going to run into something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she... She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read it. I tried it. I didn't believe it would work, but it does. Yeah. She knows all those things. So she can really go anywhere. We've gone to the trails up at the Guadalupe State Park where we're really kind of climbing and rock and uncomfortable terrain. She holds right to my side with her harness, her leash on, and I just give her commands mm-hmm. the whole time. But it's yeah. super important to talk to a blind dog, right? Yeah. Because she can't see or smell. And then I taught her uh, words when we're walking and she's nervous about a sound. I'll say, it's okay. It's okay. Or I'll tell her people, people, she knows they don't have a dog. Uh-huh. Um, and, and she wants to go see. She wants to meet everybody. So, oh, But if I don't a... tell her to go see, she doesn't go. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, I've had other um, guests talk about boundaries mm-hmm. and how important boundaries are. And this is a fabulous example mm-hmm. that we can really see the boundaries and how important they are because she couldn't see. Right. So how how does that help you understand trust more? Yeah. Well, I mean, she really does. A lot of people forget about that, I think. Mm-hmm. But a perfect example is we do have a puppy right now in our house, and we wanted to lift all the rugs up. But rugs are something that I use as a boundary for Emmy. So she knows where certain things are. She knows where rooms start and end. She knows uh-huh. where her water bowl is. She can. It helps her feel. Uh, to know where she's at. Well, we couldn't lift those rugs up because we didn't want to disrupt her world. Um, but I can do it if I take the time to show her a new. For example, we'll extend our table when our extended family's coming, and I can take her for a walk and tap it, and she finds new boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's all about trust for her, um, and she really, really trusts us. Yeah, yeah. That's really just amazing to me. Um, so over, um, over the time, how long have you had her now? We've had her a little over a year, uh-huh. um, and she is, again, she's the happiest, sweetest dog in the yeah. world. And How has she helped transform your family? Um, I think the biggest transformation probably is my boys. I have two, um, two. I have three kids that just graduated in May, all three seniors this year. And uh, my, especially one of my sons didn't want anything to do with Emmy because she wasn't perfect. Ah, And so that transformation was important for him to know that people can look different. People can have different gifts that God's given them, um, but they're not incomplete. Yeah. That they're as whole as you are, even though they look different or have a different thing going on with them than you. And so that's been a lesson for him to learn to kind of, and not just in dogs, but in people, right? When we see somebody and we judge them based on their outward appearance and we have no idea what their heart is. Yeah. And we miss that. Yeah. Well, and you told me too, and I thought this was particularly vulnerable of you to say, is that you felt like 
Emmy Lou caught on to trusting you a lot faster than you caught on to trusting God. And I thought, yeah. boy, you know, we all should be able to admit that. Yeah, it's you know? true because yeah. I, she had no choice, right? Yeah. We have a lot of things in our path mm-hmm. that allow us to think we can trust in ourselves. Yeah. That yeah. we don't need God, that we can depend on ourselves, but we really can't. But mm-hmm. she had no choice. Yeah. Well, I had a choice and I didn't, you know, choose to trust as quickly as she did for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that free will thing, <laughs> it's good and it's bad, yeah, isn't it? It's a part it? of the plan, but yeah. it can be a journey, right? Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about rescues mm-hmm. um, today, and I know there's some local rescues mm-hmm. that are active in the area, and I thought maybe we could tell our listeners a little bit about it, and maybe I can um, post some things on Facebook, on sure. the God and Our Dogs Facebook page. Yeah, for, yeah for sure. Um, God's Dog Rescue. We use them a lot at the rescue I was at. Um, uh-huh. Hey Dude, a Critter Rescue, and then the Bernie Animal Shelter, and the Holotus Human um, uh, Humane Society is also another option. Yeah, and I think there's one over in Bulverde, too. There is, I think. Um, that is uh, called animal rescue connections um yeah and if anybody has any questions to another great resource although they don't do rescuing is hill country animal league so if you have any questions about how legitimate maybe somebody is they could be good too absolutely yeah yeah. and we're really super blessed in bernie because there are a lot of businesses and organizations obviously that exact one you mentioned that offer Mm-hmm. It, it enables rescues to be able to pay for the medical expenses and affordably allow people to provide homes for them. Right. Well, Teresa Moen, thank you so much for being with us today. We've really enjoyed hearing about your adventures with your dogs and especially Emmy Lou. Thank you. Well, before we close the show today, I'd like to leave with a thought to ponder. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. Today, we heard about a dog who learned everything new again. Her owners loved her and spent time teaching boundaries to keep her safe. Scripture shows the depth of God's love for us. What additional boundaries does he want to teach us to keep us safe? Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at godinourdogs.com. This is Meg Greer, and you have been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs and click follow. Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God where our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com.